You're listening to the Side Hustle Gal podcast with your hosts, Danny Fountain and Caitlin Allen. Hello, and welcome back to the Side Hustle Gal podcast. Today we have Kate Masters and Loki. I'm so excited <laughs> for this week's episode. Um, so thank you so much for hanging out with us, Kate. I'm going to let you tell us all the dirty details. Oh my gosh, so much pressure. Um, <laughs> so like Danny mentioned, I'm Kate Masters. I recently rebranded. So once upon a time, I would have given you a different name. Um, but I am a painter under my name now, Kate Masters. Um, very exciting. That's the first time I've introduced myself as like the artist Woo! and not having a shop name. Woohoo! Um, so that is my side hustle. But during the day, I work full time as the community support manager for Honeybook and Rising Tide, which is actually how I know Danny. Um, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I want to know. Even before you worked for Honeybook and Rising Tide, you were a painter. Um, is like working at Honeybook your first time having a side hustle, or did you have a different job before? Like, tell us a little bit about your story before RTS, which is what everyone knows. Okay, yes. So I was in art school burnout. I think that's a pretty common theme that you hear from a lot of creatives. They graduate design school or art school and they, um, chase another job for a while, a steady paycheck, health insurance, 401k maybe. <laughs> I worked full-time for a while uh, managing an acupuncture clinic of all things. I've also worked as a nanny, a portrait model for art classes. Yeah, you're laughing. We're, yeah. Uh, I've done all sorts of odd jobs, but primarily painting was a side hustle for a while. So uh, working full-time, multiple jobs, I worked for a while doing floral preservation, and that's the last job I had before I went full-time painting. So it's kind of a sob story there, but um, I got very sick again. So anyone who knows me knows that I have a chronic health condition and I've been doing very well. And then I was doing very not well. And when I disclosed that to my employer, I was fired. So that's definitely illegal. And that's when I decided maybe a traditional job isn't for me anymore. And I went full-time with painting and I did that for a while and then somehow became a reverse entrepreneur <laughs> and went back to working full time. So um, my status as an artist has been a little bit fluid, I guess you would say. Yeah. And on top of all of that that you have going on, managing a chronic illness, painting and doing the creative thing, all of your work with Rising Tide and Honeybook, you're also a new mom. Yes. <laughs> Oh, man. And hopefully you don't see, like, my new mom Swiss cheese brain right now of, like, losing my train of thought tends to happen when you have a four-month-old, but she's as cute as can be. And if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen her very famous hair. Um, she's got, like, a cockatoo hairstyle. She's great. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. How, how has... Um balancing motherhood and your job and your side hustle um, been lately? It takes a village, right? You hear that all the time when people talk about motherhood. But even if you don't have kids, I think 
it takes a village to do anything when your plate is full. So I have a really supportive spouse and that's been great. I have a very supportive company that I work for. I am very fortunate. I received 16 weeks of maternity leave and that was incredible because I did not have to jump right back into work when I was trying to adjust to everything. And I have the help of my mom. She's actually watching Finley right now, um, <laughs> which is really fun. She is my part, well, temporary part-time slash full-time nanny until I hire someone. So it's a lot to balance. I don't get it all done. I don't do it perfectly. And I just try to give myself a lot of grace. There, it's no joke trying to balance all of that. And I'm definitely not the perfect case study of it, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> so I've got to ask, you do things that sit on like from the outside perspective, looking in opposite sides of the spectrum, you're a creative artist and then you're the community manager of this community, which frankly is a lot of like customer support, sometimes fun, sometimes angry. It's a lot of logistics. It's a lot of strategy, um, frankly, very analytical. Do you think the two have informed each other and helped you balance both of them? Or do you think that they exist in like separate spheres? Oh my gosh. I am someone who thinks that everything is connected. I don't compartmentalize. I'm the exact opposite of my husband who is very like regimented and everything has its own little box. I really think that both jobs have grown the other side of me, if that makes sense. So I think I am very creative and often kind of scrappy in my work doing more analytical and logistics because of my background in painting, because I own my own business and have been doing this on the side and on my own and had to figure out how to do things myself. Um, but then at the same time, I feel that I have become a better business owner and a better painter because I've been able to get more organized and really think more strategically about projects that I'm working on. Um, it also really helps that I'm working with creatives. So I feel almost like my creative cup is filled sometimes when I get to help other people who are doing really creative, innovative work. So for me, it's all kind of connected, but I guess maybe it's like the, the two parts of me, the one that comes from my mom, which is very creative. And then my dad is a um, municipal bond analyst. So, you know, I guess I inherited some of the <laughs> analytics from him. <laughs> wow, that's, that's super interesting. Um, you talked about getting organized. How do you stay organized in your business and with, you know, the side hustles? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I should say that I'm fully automated, but I'm not. Sorry, HoneyBook. I use HoneyBook in my business. That's, I started using them before I even became an employee. Um, and that's actually how I was introduced to them. But I write a lot of notes. I'm a huge, and Danny knows this, huge, huge, huge block scheduler. I love Google calendars. I love color coding things. Um, so just trying to like put some systems in place, you don't have to be someone who is so big that you're fully automated to be organized. And I think that's kind of a myth in the entrepreneur world that everything has to 
be done at a click of a button for you to be considered organized. And I just don't think that's realistic. Not everybody's brain works that way. And it's okay if part of your system is old school pen and paper, because that's how I take notes best during meetings. So that's what I do. Like, that's just how it works. (laughs) Are you... Do you use like a planner, Asana, Trello, Airtable? I guess that one's... Airtable. I do love Airtable. I, in work, so like my work life, we use a lot of Google, like kudos to Google. Yeah, fist bump there. Um, But for me in my work, um, a lot of it's pretty manual. So I keep folders on my desktop (laughs) Um, of client communication that I need to download and keep together. Um, But I do use like my workspace in HoneyBook for a back and forth between custom art clients. So I'll send them a proof of a sketch in there and it just streamlines everything. Um, And then just keeping like all my communication in one spot. Um, And then my Google calendar, everything lives in there with all of my due dates um, and it syncs up with my Calendly. So that way I don't double book myself between full-time life and (laughs) side hustle life. So when you're thinking through like tools, juggling the two, and then also juggling motherhood, what advice would you give to someone who's just starting down this path? Maybe doesn't know like how to even get organized. Maybe is really stressed out. What would you suggest? Oh my goodness. Getting started is the hardest part. And you've probably heard this from other people who are side hustle like business owners as well, that you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm small time or I'm only like, I'm only going to be a side hustle. Is it worth like all of the investment? It sounds like so overwhelming. I can't even get started on this because it just feels like too much. And I think just giving yourself like one goal and one little task is the first place to start. So like I you know, I could get really overwhelmed thinking that um, I have to have like these huge five-year plans in order to be a legitimate business, which is a great part of owning your own business. You should have goals to work towards, but they don't have to be big things. They can be small things. And if your goal is to never go full-time, that's fine too. That doesn't mean that you can't get started. Um, I don't know if that's like a helpful answer, but I think when you break it down and just realize that like it doesn't have to be these big lofty goals in order to get to like get the ball rolling it just becomes a lot easier to manage everything because you don't have to give up every single minute of your free time because that'd mean you never spend time with your family um so it is possible to integrate it all you just have to be realistic and just you know set yourself attainable small goals that can build into bigger ones down the road um but you don't have to you know Like I said, you don't have to do the whole, I need to quit my nine to five (laughs) in order to get started on your journey. Um, That's not for everybody. Not for me. (laughs) Yeah. You talked a little bit there about um, taking time for personal or taking personal time. How do you balance uh, the work life situation? Uh. I don't always do the best job. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> yes, we're um, all thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, I don't always do the best job. I'm still learning. Um, I think the biggest thing is setting boundaries. And that's something that 
you really can't start doing until you just start doing it. Like you just have to learn what those boundaries are and set them up. Um, and when you go past them, be able to communicate with the people that are affected by you having boundaries, um, to have a plan in place. Like, so for example, for me, um, I don't take on as much custom work anymore. Um, I love doing custom work for clients, but it's just not realistic for me being a mom, working full-time. So I've had to just be okay with disappointing people sometimes who might say, oh, I'd love for you to work on this. I have a tight turnaround. And I just have to say, I'm sorry. I'm just not able to take your project on. Here's what my timeline is. Um, And once you start practicing saying no, (laughs) it gets a lot easier. Um, and if they're not receptive, you know, to the boundaries you have in your business, that's okay. That's their loss, not yours. Um, but I think to be like a healthy creative and a healthy business owner, you really have to be willing to set those boundaries. Otherwise your business is going to be unsustainable. So even if it's not your full-time gig, um, if you don't ever have personal time and you don't ever have time off, you're probably going to burn out pretty fast. Um, so you have to be like realistic with your workload, basically. Um, at least for me, <laughs> I have to do that. And, um, you know, I just don't always get all the things done. Sometimes my laundry doesn't get done and that's okay. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about how you've been honest about your situation in the past and it's, it's burned you. It's literally gotten you fired. Um, but now on Instagram, you bring your whole self. You're probably the biggest like chronic illness advocate. I know the biggest equality advocate. I know, um, where was that switch for you? And what advice would you give to the side hustlers who like are afraid to tell their nine to five or are sneaking away to take those meetings during lunch? What would you say? My gosh. You make me laugh, first of all. I'm like small time. There are so many amazing, amazing like advocacy accounts out there and incredible individuals. I'm just over in my little corner of the internet world trying to make a difference. Um, So thank you for that. But um, you're right. It can be really scary to start sharing that side of yourself, especially when you have a nine to five job. Um, So I think you have to keep that in mind if you're someone who's balancing your job who might not know about your health or your situation and wanting to be more visible. Um, For me, I was painting full-time when I started to talk about it more. So there was less of a risk factor there. Um, It was shortly after I started my business and shortly after I lost my job, I took an Instagram for artists class because like any good small new small business owner is like consuming all this content and taking all these classes. And I asked if I should share about my health as part of my brand story, if it was something okay to talk about because it's really informed my voice as an artist. And I was basically told not to share about it because people wouldn't be interested in it and it would harm my brand. And I like didn't accept that. I felt like that's really silly. Like if this is a part of why I create and a huge part of why I became an artist, I really shouldn't hide that part of myself. Um, It plays into a lot of ableism and stigma around disability. So I decided to say, screw that (laughs) and start sharing more. Um, 
like I said, I didn't have the risk of the nine to five. So I've been very fortunate in that because I was very visible with my invisible disease. When I started back to work full time, Honeybook and Rising Tide knew full well what they were getting themselves into and they knew exactly what kind of accommodations I would need. Um, so I've been very, very fortunate and I know that's not the common narrative. So I definitely recognize that. And um, I run a Tuesdays Together group for creatives with chronic illness and disability with um, my co-leader, Kit Gray. And we do have a lot of members in there who are still working full time because they need health insurance and they don't share about it in their business very much because they're scared that they will lose their full-time job. Um, so I definitely understand that fear. And I think you have to recognize where you're at in your work and career life to know how much you can and can't share in an ideal world. I would love for people with disabilities to be able to share freely and not feel like they're going to be at risk for losing their job or losing business. Um, that's just not where we're at as a community right now. Um, and as a society. So unfortunately, it's the reality of um, living with something that puts you in that disability camp. Sorry, that was I, long. <laughs> no, that was so good. Because I think like you and I have had the experience of seeing how you sharing in your business has helped someone like completely separate from our industry. Um, so for the listeners that don't know, one of my colleagues, um, I had to make some decisions related to her chronic illness and it came up because we were friends and I'm not qualified at all <laughs> to be giving advice. But because Kate shares, I was able to say, I have this friend who like has this great knowledge about chronic illness. She might have some insight for you. And I, you've, you've had those connections for other people too, I'm sure. And those things don't happen when we don't talk about it. And it comes out in other ways too. I remember when I shared about taking a job, um, Devin McCabe was thinking about taking a job at Nike again. And she was like, man, I'm so glad you talked about it because I felt so ashamed of, like you said, being a reverse <laughs> entrepreneur. So how do you think just like talking builds community? Not only like in your art, but also in what you do with Rising Tide. Oh my goodness. Well, I think like as, as an individual, like we all have this innate need to know and be understood. Do you know what I mean? Like we just really crave connection. And I think when we're willing to be intentionally a little bit vulnerable and have some conversations like this, um, we fulfill that need in like a really deep and meaningful way that like we don't always anticipate. Like you don't really think about that when you're typing out like a caption to it, like to your Instagram, you know what I mean? Like you're probably not going through that scenario in your head. But then, like you mentioned, you have these moments where you realize that that decision to be just a little bit vulnerable, to put yourself out there just a little bit and let someone know you can actually really make a legitimate difference in someone else's life. Um, and not that it becomes like addictive, but it kind of does not in like an ego stroking way, but in a, Oh my gosh, I can really empower and impact other people in a positive way. Um, even if it means I face a little bit of criticism myself 
um, which I'm sure you, like, it's a different scenario, but like you mentioned, I'm sure there's that fear. Oh my gosh, I'm sharing about taking a job with Google. What are people going to think about me after I've built this identity as someone who has created this incredible business? Um, but then you're able to impact somebody else by just sharing a little bit honestly with the intention that maybe it could encourage somebody else. Um, so I think that's, I think that's really important. It's really scary though. So I think you, you kind of have to work through a lot internally and you know this about me. I'm a huge fan of, um, taking care of your mental health. So if you need to talk it through with your therapist, go ahead. You know, sometimes it takes a little time to work through it before you can, um, start to share to help others, I guess. This is super personal to me because I actually struggle with Epstein-Barr and I have been seen by, I can't, literally cannot count how many doctors in the past few years and they can't figure out what's wrong with me. Um, and it's so hard to share that with my clients that like, hey, I can't do this meeting because I'm in a doctor's appointment. And they're like, but weren't you just in a doctor's appointment two days ago? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's the spinal doctor instead of the gastroenterologist. Like, it's it's so different. Like, it's so hard. And, like, there are no rules around that. And I don't want them to see it as something negative. So that makes me feel like really empowered to acknowledge those things. So I really appreciate you being out there and talking about that vulnerability because it's hard. Um, what, what really inspired you to, to start talking about it more on social media and to really kind of lay it out there in blog posts and really empower other people? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm going to probably bring it back to rising tide here a little bit because, um, all of the timing of this just, it's so funny how things work out and you look back on it and you're like, wow, the timing was so like instrumental. Um, so right around the time when I lost my job and started my business is right around when rising tide started. And, um, actually knew the co-founders from living in Annapolis and ended up joining the big Facebook group, which is now infamous. Everybody knows <laughs> the big Rising Tide Facebook group. Um, and I made a post in there probably late that summer, maybe like September of 2015. That's the year. And basically said, is there anybody else who's trying to build a business who's also dealing with a chronic health issue? Because there are like some ins and outs that just are not covered in the normal like handbook of starting your own business. And that's how I met um, my co-leader and my friend Kit, who I've never met in person, but is probably the person I talk to the most. She's like a very dear friend, my business BFF. Um, and we applied to start a Tuesdays Together chapter um, online. It's one of our special special groups, I guess you would call it, that meets online. And we have over 500 members now. So I think seeing how quickly there was a response of people saying, me too, me too. This I've had this experience. I haven't had anybody to talk to about it. And I've been so scared to share about what it's like for my business because I'm scared of losing clients or I don't know how to even talk about it. I don't see anybody talking about it. I feel like I've seen a huge shift in the last three and a half years. Um, in the creative community and people being willing to share about 
their health struggles, their personal life. Um, but yeah, especially health because so many creatives end up as freelancers or owning their own businesses because their health does not lend the, itself well to a traditional nine to five job. Um, so seeing that community grow, um, really encouraged me to continue to share because I saw what it was doing to create this really special space and hopefully change some of the not so great behaviors that we see, um, in society today, um, (laughs) in terms of like disability and health, um, so yeah, I guess the power of community. Thanks, Rising Tide. You've <laughs> done a lot for us. Oh my goodness, I could go on and on about the things that Rising Tide has done for all three of us, I think. <laughs> you know, um, that's actually a community I've never been a part of. Oh, just kidding. Only the two of us. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> Maybe we won't judge you for it, Caitlin. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think there's actually a Rising Tide group up in Glendale that's like right up the road from me, and they've invited me to events. And it's like on a random Wednesday at 10 a.m. Like, I don't know. It's a weird time. But I'll go. Now I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> and you are welcome to join our online group, too. Not to like plug it, but I know how hard it is to balance like your work and your clients. And if you're in a lot of doctor's appointments, that's exactly why we created the group because I was never able to attend in person. Fun fact, I run the community for Rising Tide, but I've never attended a Tuesdays Together in person because of my health. I don't drive. Um, So (laughs) getting to a meeting is kind of hard, Um, which, yeah. So you're always welcome in our little world. (laughs) This is the perfect note to end this episode on, just like an invitation to join, an invitation to like say yes, to speak up and to talk about the things that you care about. Um, I would love for you to tell people where they can find you and hang out with you. Um, you can find me at katemasters.com and I'm not one of those cool people who could get my name all at once, like all in one thing on Instagram. So it's K A I T underscore masters because I was late to the using my name game. So you even have like a unique name. That's shocking to me. I know who knew, who knew there's other Kate masters out there. I mean, hey, it's a good club. That's for sure. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. This has been so fun. Thanks so much, guys.